The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Yes, welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We're glad that you're with us today. I am Reverend Dan Beckett, here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jelinch. Together, we share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your addiction recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the Send Message button right below the banner. And be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We would really love to hear from you. Our show today is titled New Possibilities. As we grow through our addiction recovery journey, we often come face to face with old habits that are hard to break. Fortunately, once we are a few steps down the recovery path, we become willing to make new choices that support our new and much better way of living. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on letting go of old habits and opening the door to a whole new way of being. Yes, so we want to share with you today what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with the spiritual tools or principles that helped guide us through these tough times. We hope you'll find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. So today we're going to be talking about moving from those old habits to a new way of being through that principle or power of willingness. And when I think about what what is my experience of old habits, so we always get to start with the part that that makes us look really bad, right? (laughs) Have we talked about, can we just skip this and get to the part about how awesome everything is and probably not, but... (laughs) When I think about my old habits, I mean, what comes to mind first? One guess, drinking. (laughs) I suppose this is, you know, what we're talking about now is the habits that stick around after we get on a recovery path. So one, for me, one of them, being a, you know, introvert kind of personality is I uh, had always generally avoided anything that felt to me like an entanglement right? Like talking to people, Mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, So I was fairly reluctant to 
do you know meet new people interact or go do stuff unless it was something i was fairly comfortable with i mean i wasn't a hermit or anything but i was definitely a creature of habit and i was not somebody that had like a whole bunch of friends or was always going out in crowds and and making new friends i was not doing that at all i would tend to have a small number of very close friends um and then of course family as well, um, kids and spouse and all of that. So old habit for me was seeking, uh, generally seeking to avoid interactions uh, with the world and with other mm-hmm. people. Just, I guess you could just call it, you know, being an introvert, I suppose, is all that really is. Well, but I think you're talking about like the extreme, not as healthy version of introversion. That is true. Um, so, yeah, so... I obviously had the habit of drinking as well, but what I didn't realize until fairly, you know, a little bit later on in my recovery was that um, that had dictated a lot of the choices that I made about activities that I would do. So I would, I didn't really realize it, you know, but that I was choosing activities. Well, okay, I was choosing activities that allowed me to drink, but I was not choosing those activities that wouldn't allow me to drink. So, for example, I was in graduate school when I got sober, right smack in the middle of graduate school. And what I didn't realize until later on was that I was missing out on a lot of the things that um, my classmates were doing with one another, um, building and, you know, forming and strengthening relationships that they still have today, almost 30 years later. And um, I wasn't doing that like I look at all these pictures that they post you know they're on boat trips and they're at the beach having a bonfire and I'm like I'm not at these things and I wasn't there because I was at the bar you know or I was (laughs) the bar was not close enough (laughs) yeah you know or they just not that you can't drink on the beach but they weren't the people that were getting together their focus was not drinking and my focus was doing things that you know I could drink and so the point is, is that I, I, I got myself left out of lots of activities because I didn't choose to do them if they didn't involve drinking. And it took me a while to figure that out, you know, that I had missed out on a lot of things. So um, that was, you know, a habit that I had to learn to change fairly early on because all of a sudden I wasn't drinking anymore. It was like, now what am I going to do with myself, you know? And I really ended up um, having sort of a a renaissance, so to speak, where I realized, like, I started doing all these things I'd never done before. I started taking up habits and, um, you know, hobbies and things that I hadn't done before because I all of a sudden I had all this freed up time. So that was an interesting thing that I had not been aware of. I thought that everybody was doing what I was doing, but it turned out they were doing all this other really fun stuff and I was missing out on all of it. That sounds like a dream come true. (laughs) For this introvert, <laughs> I'm only partly kidding. So, uh, right, I mean, I, I, I'm sitting here thinking there are a whole bunch of activities that are really drinking plus some cover. Like, yes. bowl, I swear, bowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowling is about drinking, and then we may as well have some fun bowling while we're doing it. Yes, and, wine uh, tasting. Oh, yeah. It occurred to me a while ago that a powerboat is just a giant beer cooler with an engine, and we all yes. know it. Yep. All right. So, what are <laughs> what are some of my old habits? 
another one and related to what I was sharing about sort of just in generally avoiding what I call entanglements, what other people call living healthy lives. <laughs> my goal was to have nothing on my calendar. I'm not sure how I thought that this would work, but uh, my goal in life was to make it so there were no demands or what felt to me like demands on my time and my energy, which meant that I had no nothing on my calendar, nowhere I had to be. Um, and I don't mean work. I mean, um, I'm not even sure what it was, but where I could just sort of be there, which would be at home. So say be at home and, and know there's really nowhere I need to go. There's no one waiting on me to do something or whatever. So that was my idea of peace at the time. Peace. See, that sounds like my perfect day right now. Now at this point in life. <laughs> the tables have turned. Yes, they have. Right. Um, you know, I have a, a new definition of peace that we'll probably get to talk about a little bit later. And it's not simply, you know, it's not led with the sense of isolation. I mean, to me, isolation was peace. And I don't mean on a desert island by myself. I mean, just surrounded right. by the known and the comfortable without you know, people ring in the doorbell or I have to go here and do that. Or these people are expecting me to go there and do this or, or whatever. So old habit was, um, trying to make it so that I didn't have anything that felt to me like a, a burden. An obligation or... Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah. An obligation. And exactly. That's, that's how I feel now is I don't want to have obligations. I love those <laughs> days when I don't have to be anywhere. Oh, how things change as we get older. Yeah. So, um, talking about old habits, you know, and of course we're going to be talking about so-called defects of character and such. I, um, you know, these things only became apparent to me over time, right? It's not like I figured this all out right away. This took me time. It took me time. And, you know, we always talk about how the 12-step program is a program of self-discovery and, and rid, uh, not rigid, rig, rigorous, <laughs> goodness, rigorous uh, self-examination, you know? And so as I engaged in these 12 steps and, and did that process, I started to uncover um, lots of habitual uh, you know, habits, but they were, they were more of mind habits. You know what I mean? Things that habitual thought patterns, let's say, or habitual behaviors, um, things like, uh, negative thought patterns, you know, um, a big one for me before I got sober and in my early recovery was fear. Fear-based thinking was a, was a, um, habitual thought pattern for me. So just, you know, um, being fearful, thinking of the worst thing that could happen, um, what we we sometimes call catastrophizing, you know, mm, yeah. um, trying to think. I think it's, again, like I talk about so much on this program, I believe a lot of that is a trauma response, you know, that so many as, of us have of trying to imagine what is the worst thing that can happen so that I can make sure it doesn't happen. You know, it's a coping strategy of trying to stay safe and trying to manage um, what feels unmanageable. 
but it took time to uncover those patterns because they were very subconscious, right? So much of what we do in recovery and even in unity, the work we do in unity is making the unconscious conscious, right? So these things that were operating on a subconscious level that I was not aware of, I began to become aware of them. And the first phase of becoming aware of things in my experience is not typically a very fun phase <laughs> as you start going oh my god this is what's going on you know this is this is my thought pattern this is the stuff that's knocking around in my head um but of course it's the first step to being able to change those things is becoming aware of them so i did become aware of a lot of fear-based thinking assuming you know the worst was going to happen trying to figure out what the worst thing was you know that could happen, um, and a lot of negative, uh, negative thought patterns and negative self-talk. That's taken me the longest to uncover because it's so, it's been so um, subconscious, so unconscious on my part. Um, it's only even been in the last few years that I've really started to get a handle on some of the more sinister, uh, you know, thought patterns that I had going on. Um, that, you know, were really driving a lot of my life. So, you know, it's ha these old habits that we're talking about, you know, some of them are easy, you know, like I quit smoking and I quit drinking. I got, I knocked out those habits. You know, I started doing more healthy habits, but the ones that I have really have been the most challenging for me are these more subtle uh, thought patterns and um, habitual internal sort of reactions and behaviors. Habits of mind. Yes. I've heard that called. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, worrying. So you were talking about worrying. worrying. I yeah. certainly did uh, my share of worrying, uh, all in the name of trying to avoid catastrophe, like you said. Right. And yep. I've heard that uh, described in, in recovery rooms as contemplating the wreckage of my future. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard that one. <laughs> Spent a lot of time contemplating the wreckage of my future because I was afraid of things like not having enough. You know, yes. I had kind of a lack consciousness, we oh, might yes. call it, in unity going on. Uh, just sort of part of, you know, just kind of the way that I'm wired. Um, all kinds of uh, hiding sort of behavior. So, you, you know, you get the picture of uh, introvert kind of, leave me alone. I wish there was nothing on my calendar, no obligations, etc. Kind of paints a picture of um, hiding from the world in, in a way that, that I was doing that kind of thing. And again, this is all internal. If you saw from right. the outside, you'd see me going to work and have a family and we go to the beach and have a successful career and all that stuff. This is all internal things. Um, and that's what comes to mind about old habits. Those are some of the, the deeper ones that, like you said, took a while for me to realize that they were there. I wouldn't have said that I had a fear of not having enough or of, of kind of a lack consciousness. Yeah. But we've talked a lot about old habits, so let's quickly move on and, and put this wreckage behind us if we can <laughs> and talk about the solution. 
Yes, the solution. So in unity, as we know, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles and some of the spiritual principles that we found helpful in moving out of those old habits and into what we are calling a new way of being because recovery is really a new way of being in the world. Um, they include things like openness and willingness. But as we often ask, these are nice ideas, but what do openness and willingness look like in our day-to-day -day lives? I mean, how exactly do we go about go from the idea of being willing to the actuality or the reality of actually uh, living in a way that reflects our willingness? So Michelle, when you think about that, what does willingness mean? What does it look like? How do we do yeah. that? So obviously when we show our faces in a 12-step recovery meeting, we have already shown a huge amount of willingness, right? We had the willingness to show up there. And that's really, really big. Um, so there's obviously a, a big amount of willingness on our part that we were willing to take that step. But some of the other things require more willingness because <laughs> we have to do more than just show up, right? Although that obviously is the, a huge beginning. Um, what I have found is that there are things that I'm fairly willing to do. And then there's things that life is happy to make me willing to do if I don't do it on my own. You know, um, often for me on the, the really difficult things to change, you know, the really tough, those character defects that are really um, ingrained. Those have, uh, you know, I've had to, I've had to get really, really miserable before I got willing to change them. Let's put it that way. And if I can't get myself to that place on my own, life will get me there. It will definitely get me there. You know, um, it life will provide the circumstances where I'm just so miserable and in so much pain that. I become willing to do what I otherwise would be unwilling to do. Now, it'd be great if I don't always have to get to that point before I become willing. But let's face it, some of these things are really deep internal changes and um, pain is a big motivator. You know, I've learned I, I don't enjoy pain, especially emotional pain. I'd rather have physical pain over emotional pain any day. Um, but I've learned to be grateful for, especially in retrospect, when I'm not currently in the pain, it's easy to look back and be grateful for the times that I was in pain because they made me willing, you know, and those times of just being so desperate for things to be different that I was literally both figuratively and literally on my knees um, in a place of surrender that was a time of great willingness on my part, willingness to do what I otherwise would not do willingness to face those things you know if you want to call them de inner demons or whatever the really hard stuff you know the really painful hard stuff um the, being in so much pain that i became willing that i that i was willing to surrender and so i think surrender is a really big part of willingness um it's when you frankly don't have a better idea you know like we say a lot in the program don't have a better idea and i suddenly become willing to um entertain someone else's idea or better yet god's idea i've heard that in in the rooms is well you tried your way maybe try our way yeah and just see exactly. how that goes you know you can always 
we can always change our mind uh, and go back. So I'm reminded, so what we're talking about in essence is uh, step six, right? Which uh, reads, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And what it, it really feels like for the more difficult stuff, kind of like you're saying, is became entirely ready to have God put these things right in our face, right? Because <laughs> on a billboard, <laughs> right? As I'd shared before, um, and I've somewhere along the way, I learned and realized that um, if I'm going to work through any truly difficult or challenging character defect, it, it's going to go out the same way it came in, like right in front of me, you know, right in my conscious awareness or you know, if I walk, it's that whole, if I walk 10 miles into the woods, I got to walk 10 miles out. So we have to kind of backtrack and there's no getting around whatever it is that I was so uncomfortable about that I didn't want to pay attention to. If I'm actually going to experience any kind of healing from that, then I'm going to have to go right back to that same place where I was so uncomfortable and didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. So willingness in a way uh, and what I'm hearing you sh share is about the gift of desperation, yeah. right? When we're kind of out of ideas and asking uh, ourselves, well, well all, all this isn't working. Maybe I need to try a different way, something that I'm not uh, so familiar with. So willing this to me means at least, I don't know how to say this, just being willing for these difficulties to show up. And like you said, just going to a meeting, you know, becoming uh, even better, becoming a regular at a uh, recovery group uh, meeting and, and, you know, choosing a home group and all that and becoming part of a community, even if that just means uh, going to a meeting uh, once a day or what have you, that for me was a huge step to demonstrate willingness yeah. Um, in the real world, because I asked earlier, openness and willingness, those are nice ideas. But what exactly does that look like in my life? Well, it looks like me showing up at at a meeting, right. uh, whether you know whether I feel like it or not. Or as someone wiser than me once said, if you feel like going to a meeting, go. If you don't feel like go to a, going to a meeting, go to two. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um there's levels of willingness, right? Like you're willing to show up to the meeting, then you get asked to do something. Are you willing to do, are you willing to become the coffee person? You don't want to, but you become willing. You do it anyway. You know, and 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 I found that all these things that I became willing to do ultimately were for my good, you know, um, which made me more willing to do more of them. I mean, it's kind of like as soon as I started seeing that it worked, you know, that the things I was being asked to do were working, that these uh, you know, the steps that um, believing in a higher power, turning over my problems um, and challenges to that higher power, you know, being in a place of surrender and those things began to work for my life. So I became more willing to do them, you know, so that initial willingness gets us a long way, you know, and I became willing also by seeing how that worked for other people, you know, when I would see, well, this seems to be working for them. Maybe it might work for me. Maybe I could give it a try. Um, and the more I tried new behaviors and doing new things, the easier it got. But let's face it, some of them are just not easy. <laughs> They're just not easy. And that's when that, you know, just it's when 
it's remained, what, there's a famous quote, I can't quote it now, but something about when it became more painful to remain the same, that's when I finally became willing to try something different. When I had tried everything that I knew how and um, none of it was working, that's when I came to a place of surrender. And it, it was sort of surrendering, um, there's a surrendering to God, surrendering to my higher self, surrendering that there could be a higher power that knew better than I did, you know, that my, me of my own volition was not getting me what I needed and what I wanted. So maybe there was a better idea out there. Um, and then becoming willing to try some of those things. Uh, yeah, what else did I want to say about that? Oh, remember we were talking about the power of will. Can I say about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you and I have talked before about the you know, Unity's 12 Powers framework, which we bring up uh, now and again, has the power of will, which is not the same as willingness. And I've right. been trying to sort of in my head realize, well, what is the connection there? Because willingness, as you've pointed out to me before, is a you know it's a kind of expression of surrender. Yes. Right. It's 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 almost implicit that I'm willing to show up differently. I'm willing to learn. Yes. I'm willing to uh, be teachable, you know, and be open. The the power of will is the power. It's sort of what's called our executive power, the power to choose, uh, decide, command and lead and determine. And that absolutely is part of what we're talking about. But first. Um, before we can exercise our power of will to make new choices, we have to become open to doing that, yeah. become willing, as we say. So they're not this, really the same thing at all, but no. I do see a connection because if I am uh, ready to sort of give up on my old ways and think, like you said, um, you know, let me let me hear what these people are doing, and maybe I could try this also and see. Right. That requires willingness. You know, the willingness to try someone else's way, if my way is not working. Uh, right. And once I do that, I mean, I am you. I'm exercising the power of will because I choose to try a different path. Yep. So it's in there somewhere, but the surrender piece of it really important. Just the you know. It's 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 a giving up in a way. Yes. You know, we, we like to joke. I'm 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 not gonna quit. I'm not a quitter. I'm not gonna quit drinking. Well, some things is probably a good idea to stop doing, right? And we're and we're not a failure if we stop doing something that is killing us. Um, yeah, you know, in unity, we differentiate a lot between our sort of small s self, our ego self, or what Charles Fillmore might have called our carnal self, our material self, um, and our higher self, which we also call the Christ, which, you know, exists not only in me, but in everyone and everything. Um, and so, you know, there's, it occurs to me that willingness is about an ego surrender. So it's about yeah. surrendering the will, that sort of, you know, hell-bent will of my um, small s self, surrendering it to my higher self. So surrendering what the ego thinks it needs and wants to what the higher self or the divine mind or the Christ nature knows is best for me. So we get and, out of our own way and, and let the divine spark within us take the lead. 
sounds good to me. Let's hold that thought because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We hope that you'll please stay with us. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Yes, welcome back. We're glad you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett, and I'm here with our co-host, Reverend Michelle Jelich. We will resume our discussion in a moment. But first, we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. So prior to the break, we were discussing first uh, old habits and um, those some internal habitual thought patterns and stuff. And then we moved into talking about the principle, the spiritual principle of willingness. So now let's talk about how that spiritual willingness helped us to move out of those old habits into a new state of being. You know, what comes to mind first, and this, this could be said about, um, anything about the the recovery journey, I suppose. But what I had jotted down was the way that one way that willingness helped me move out of those bad old habits to a much better new way of being is one tiny step at a time. You know, we say in the program one day at a time, just to emphasize that we it's, I have found it critically important to stay in the here and the now you know, we joked in, in, in the first half about um, that that phrase of uh, contemplating the wreckage of our past. Well, we can also contemplate the wreckage of our future, right? It's called <laughs> worrying or over planning maybe or, tr- you know, trying to control what has not happened yet. But either way, my head is not where my feet are right here and right now. And I have had to learn and continue to learn. Uh, to keep my head where my feet are. In in unity, we would say to stay in the present moment, stay in the present, right? Yeah. The only moment that is, because the past and the future are constructions of my mind, which seems really yes. weird because they seem awfully real to me. But the only thing that is actually real is this moment. So how did willingness help me? One tiny step at a time, one sort of present moment experience uh the the willingness to just be right here right now and let that be enough yes. uh, was a big part of it yeah another wonderful spiritual principle that just seems so simple but is really so profound is you know just that staying in the present um when i think about all of the things i spent so much time and energy worrying about you know, and most of them, or pretty much all of them, never happened. Um, the worrying didn't do me any good. Things ultimately worked out. They maybe didn't work out the way I thought I wanted them to or that I thought they were going to, but things have always worked out all right. I'm okay. I'm here. 
Um, so absolutely that getting out into the future and worrying about things has never done me any good, but that's a very hard habit to break. So once again, I had to bring that willingness, you know, people, okay, I grew up in a family where worrying about things was considered helpful. You know, if you worry about it, maybe you can keep it from happening or something. And then I was told in the program, you know, that worrying didn't do any good and that I needed to stay in the present. Well, that took some willingness because that was a hard habit to break. It still can be a hard habit to break sometimes. But um, as, as I began practicing that, and it just took some life experience too before I saw that, you know, horrific things were not going to happen. Things were ultimately going, okay, things have never worked out the way I thought they were going to, but they always worked out fine. Even better. Even better. Actually, yeah, absolutely. So much better than I ever could have imagined. Thank God my worrying about things didn't determine how things went because, um, you know, I was always aiming way too low. I continue to aim too low, you know, and the higher mind or God or whatever we want to call it always has a better idea than my small self, ego self does. So that took me time to learn that, you know, but as we see these things working, we become more willing to utilize them. And that's been my experience with so many things is um, I got to see the you know, show me the money, so to speak, you know, I got to see that it works, but there has to be that willingness to try it out. Right. But as soon as I would try these things out, you know, whatever concepts they were, and I began to see that they worked, that made me more willing. So it's sort of like a faith that builds on itself. You know, that's why we tell people in the program, you know, just come to the next meeting, just try this out, just make that phone call, just make that coffee, just greet that newcomer, just try this thing that we're telling you. And, you know, you usually don't have to tell them anything else after that because they see for themselves that it works, right? So we get, we get, we get that positive feedback loop pretty quickly because these, these new behaviors that we're trying out, they really do work and they really do start to change our lives. But um, wonderful reminder that you gave us about staying in the present and that, you know, these changes happen slowly over time. We've just got to focus on, you know, what's happening now, which is so hard for human nature, you know, so hard. Yeah. I just had but to it let really that be okay. But it really is a good okay. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. Had to, it, it took enough for me just to let that be okay. Yeah. Like just let, let it be okay that things might work out fine if I just keep focusing on what's right in front of me. I know. And you know, the brain talk- goes, but, 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 but. I know. <laughs> you know, do the next like, no, right just, thing, right? Yes. And the next right thing is not publish a novel, right? The next right <laughs> thing is pick up the phone or take out the trash. You know, it's yeah. these mundane. Keep it simple, right? Yeah, Keep very, simple. very simple. The next right thing has always been just right in front of my face and I could not see it because I'm looking for some grand exactly. something or, or other. And oh, what I'm so hearing dramatic. you describe that I've, <laughs> also found to be so critically important is is willingness to be open to shifting out of a worrying sort of mindset into a more of a trusting yes. mindset. And I had that same problem. You know, if I don't worry about this, then it's going to go really badly. Yeah. I was convinced that like I had to yeah. make everything go right. I really did not trust uh, any agency other than my own. Yeah. in order to make things happen. But of course, 
well, I shouldn't say of course, what I learned and what feels like, but of course now is that, uh, you know, my way might've been okay. You know, might've been of, of three on a scale of one to 10 might even be at a seven. But when I was willing to, to live from the inside out and just let life unfold as it needed to, and just to simply my part was to, uh, you know, kind of keep my eyes on the mountaintop, so to speak, that I'm walking to, but just take take one little step at a time, you know, let go of worrying, even just do a little experiment. Like, I wonder what would happen if I didn't worry about this. I I heard something, and this may have been from my first Unity minister. He said, I've had thousands of problems in my life, a few of which have actually happened, Mm -hmm. right? Almost all of them didn't. Like 99.99% right. of the problems that I thought I had in my life were actually nothing and were not worth a moment of my peace, yep. right? I was constantly giving up my peace to these concerns about things that, uh, and it's taken me a long time, one little step at a time, like we say, because our old habits die hard, Right. It's taken me a long time to just allow things to unfold to, to, well, we have a phrase for that, right? Let go and let God. God. Well, that takes courage to do and courage takes willingness to change. Absolutely. Yeah. I love this meme. I saw once that said, I have 99 problems and 87 of them are completely made up scenarios that I've only <laughs> concocted in my brain. You know, <laughs> And it's really true. And not only that, but in unity, you know, what we teach is that what we, what we hold in our consciousness, what's rattling around up there is largely driving our experience of life anyway. So not only is it not fruitful to worry, but we can actually end up bringing about the very circumstances that we are hoping to avoid because we're so focused on thinking about them all the time. You know, what we what we focus on is what we tend to get more of. So I learned that in unity and that helped me become a little more willing because I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> I don't want to create what's going on in my head. It's bad enough I'm worrying about it. I don't want to actually be the one creating it, you know? So yeah, I love that reminder that, you know, our job is to suit up and show up. And um, I love that such a beautiful concept of letting life unfold and it turns out very, you know, Buddhist too, but I guess it's, it's universally spiritual, allowing life to unfold and trusting the wisdom of life or God or the universe or however you conceive of it. But um, that rather than forcing things and trying to make things happen, because that's the American way, right? That's what I was taught. You get out there and you make it happen, you know? Um, So learning these concepts that I needed to step back and let life unfold um, was required a pretty huge shift on my part. I still struggle with it at times. But yes, absolutely. The extent to which we are willing to try out some of these things is the extent to which we reap the benefits of them. You know, I had to become willing to be part of the group. You know, it's not like I, my goal in life was to become a member of AA, but I I had to become willing. I had to become willing to show up and do service. And most difficult, I had to become willing to show up and begin to share my truth, to share what was really going on with me. Um, I had to learn to be uh, honest and in integrity 
um, with others, but more importantly with myself. That becoming willing to get real with myself and um, begin to look at what was really going on with me, what was really motivating me, what those demons really were that were behind all of these other behaviors, you know, and that's been a very long term, little by little process. Thank God we don't have to do any of it today. You know, we don't have to fix it all today. We, like you um, reminded us, it's one day at a time and um, we do the next indicated thing and we have to be willing to have faith that um, it's going to unfold as it should. And the only way to get that faith for me was just to see it at work, you know, to see that this stuff worked and that indeed my life was unfolding, um, not as I had planned, but as it should. And the more that happened, the more willing I became to trust that. Yeah, I, I, I would never have developed anything that I might call faith in my head, you know, just thinking right. about it. It right. had to be through action and experiment is a good way right. for me, I have found, to look at it. Um, we talk about a recovery program as a program of action, right? We're not just going to sit there and yeah. intellectually resolve what's going on. Certainly, that's a part of it. We talk about it. We think about it. But we also take action. That's what the, the steps are for, to guide our action. And so one way that I had to be willing as I have moved down this path uh, and that has helped me let go of old habits and embrace a, a much better way of being is that even, even when it felt like I was taking two steps forward and one step back over and over, I, all I needed to do was keep showing up, yeah. right? It, it, it's not written anywhere that my progress will be clear and linear and <laughs> one success after another, <laughs> right? It, it, no. it comes and fits and starts at times. Yes, there are successes that I can see at that time. I also can look back and realize there are successes that I could not see at that yeah. time, yet they right. were there. And of course, there have been setbacks. That's part of all this. You know, it's it's certainly not possible for me to walk a spiritual growth path and to live my life from spiritual principles um, and, and expect everything to be wonderful all the time. It, it's no, not. It's all it's a learning realistic. experience. And learning means falling down, you know, making a mistake. It means that, yeah, sometimes it is going to feel like two steps forward, one step back. Or worse than that, it might feel like five steps back, you know, one day all of a sudden. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm willing to keep showing up, you know, and as, as we say in the rooms, uh, keep coming back. If I'm willing to keep coming back, just that alone is enough to, yep. you know, for to to open the door a crack, which is enough for me to stick a toe in. And eventually, if I just keep doing it, everything's going to work out fine. If, I, if I'm willing to keep showing up. If I'm willing to stay engaged in the process. Yeah, <clears throat> that made me think of another thing that I needed to be willing to do. And that was to be willing to be in the mystery. To be willing to not know. So that was not comfortable for me. I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of not knowing or not understanding things. No, me but neither. I've, 
Yeah, it's not our nature, but I've become much more comfortable with it because I've seen, um, actually, I think it's safe to say that I've seen that when I'm in that place of the unknown, when I really don't know what the heck is going on in my life, that's usually when there's some wonderful thing around the corner. Yeah. Has that been your experience? Because the it best has. things that have ever happened to me in my life, which I could probably name on one hand, um, have been completely not things that came from my ideas or from the Michelle plan or anything. They just came, it's just huge surprises. And they came out of that mystery. I don't understand what's happening in my life. I don't understand why these things are occurring. I can't make heads nor tails of this. I feel like my life is, you know, out of control. And then, boom, some amazing thing shows up. And it's like, oh, that's what was in the works. All these things were needing to fall into place for this amazing thing that I never could have come up with on my own. You know, just to give an example, my son, you know, the birth of my son was unexpected. He was not the child I thought I would have. You know, I've um, mentioned before he has a developmental disability. I don't know anybody that would set out to choose that. Um, but he is the most amazing, like, I could not have come up with him in my wildest dreams. I could not, only an amazing, unconditionally loving vast intelligence of a god could come up with my kid you know seriously it's like and you know and I didn't I had no idea what was happening I was like what you know but he turned out to be this most amazing thing and a similar thing happened when I um you know ultimately got the call to ministry I had no idea what was happening in my life I lost a job I had everything was in upheaval I couldn't figure out where to go and then all of a sudden things the way became clear so I've learned to trust that to be in the mystery I don't understand my human ego self does not understand what's happening but I trust that my higher self that the higher power does know and things are things are moving into place and operating on a level that my human self can't see and I've come to trust that one thing I learned along the way that I found very helpful is just a you know, it's really, well, I learned it in the context of pr spiritual prosperity principles, which I spent many years uh, studying and continue to practice. And it's, it's to visualize, you know, to hold a vision, if you will. It's a creative, it's both a creative activity in that uh, I use my powers of creation in my mind, which we call our imagination, right, to imagine a future that I would like to experience, you know, whatever it may be, if something that I want to, to do or be or have or go somewhere or whatever, just to conceive of it in mind and to just hold that vision. I, to, and the hard part about it is to not expect it to happen immediately. So just sort of let go of any sense of, need around it. Like I need yeah. this to happen by, you know, at this time or whatever. Um, and to let go of the feeling that I have to go figure out how to make this happen. I've heard that uh, when I do that, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do God's job, so to speak. I need to get out of my own way is yep. one way I've heard that described. I need to let God be God in me is another way I've heard it described. Yep. Uh, 
w- one phrase that it stuck with me most is how is none of my business. Yes. Right. I got to stay out of that middle piece, which sounds crazy. It's like, no, if I have a goal, the next step is to figure out how do I make this happen? Well, in a spiritual way of living, that's not the next step. The next step is to hold that vision. So be very clear on what it is. And yes, to ask what is the next right thing for me to do. It's going to be something mundane. It's not to build a road between here and there right? It's to put my right foot in front of my left foot, something so seemingly innocuous, you know, something so small. They're like, how could this possibly get me to where I want to go? Well, if I'm willing to listen, you know, to turn within and listen to the guidance of of spirit that's present in me, um, then I can take I can do the next right thing, whatever it may be. I can take those seemingly inconsequential steps and lo and behold, my vision starts to come into focus. Or like you said, this happens to me too. All of a sudden, something even better than what I had in mind appears seemingly out of nowhere. Now I can look back in hindsight and I could, I can connect the dots Yeah, and, and maybe form some kind of, explanation for how all this happened but i could never have done that myself right right? i had to be willing to do my part which was to hold a vision for for what i would like to do be or have and then also to be willing to do the tiny little thing that's right in front of me and leave that whole middle part open you know it feels like it feels irresponsible like i'm doing nothing when i'm supposed to be making it happen like you yeah. shared, but yes. I've found uh, the spiritual way to be far more uh, powerful and so much easier, so yeah. much easier and such a better way of being. Yeah. Again, there's, for me, there, I've, the willingness that I've needed to have was the willingness to not know what, whatever that thing was going to look like and the willingness to have it not look like what I thought it was going to look like. Yes. That's so important, the willingness to let it show up the way, you know, and, and I mean, I could go, wait, this isn't what I ordered, you know, but it is what I ordered. I just haven't, you know, come into the fullness of that understanding yet. So that's been a really important That is a great way to put it, I think. Thank you. (laughs) So we've said a whole lot about this topic. So let's step back, if we can, step way back and see if we can find a simple or at least short way to sum all this up. So Reverend Michelle, I always get to put the question to you first. (laughs) In a nutshell, you know, if someone came to you and asked you to share with them, you know, in, in one minute, how can I become more open and more willing to change? What would you share? Well, I think I would say just hold on, because if you're not willing now, life is going to come around and make you willing, you know, Um, like the circumstances will present themselves that will, um, you know, that spiritual two by four, so to speak, that, you know, could be more or less painful depending on the situation. But um, 
if you're not willing, life will make you willing, you know, and so just being engaged in that process and um, and knowing that that place of surrender, even though it can be uncomfortable, is really a, a great place to be. Surrender is a great place to be because all things become possible in that place. And um, that's the place in which we stop trying to force it and stop trying to make it happen ourselves and start to open up to a higher vision of what might be for our highest good that could be so much greater than anything we've imagined. So just keep doing the do, suit up and show up. And it's so much easier. I'm going to say that yeah. again. I continue to be astonished. So the way I might answer that is everything begins for to me with a higher power. Yes. So I would say find, create, or borrow a higher power, whatever you <laughs> or need steal. to do. Yeah, just anything. It, it doesn't have to be permanent. It could just be temporary. It might just be for today, just yeah. for today or whatever. And, uh, you know, turn to that power for guidance. Uh, keep coming back is the second principle. You know, just showing up, being willing to um, show up at a meeting, to to make small commitments that you are reasonably comfortable making, as you had shared. And then don't hurry right? This is not a race. It's not a race. We don't have to hurry. We don't need to be done or get it done. Mm. And lastly, and this was hard for me, ask for help. Mm. Just be willing to ask for help and you'd be all set. Yeah. Awesome. Well, as always, we like to offer you an affirmation that can help to solidify these ideas. And so our affirmation today is this. I am willing to learn a new way of being in order to create a life of joy and freedom. And once again, I'm willing to learn a new way of being in order to create a life of joy and freedom. Yes. And, and it so does, it is. It does work. Keep coming back. Yes. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery, and we're grateful that you have. And, and as I always say, we hope that you see it that way. You can just take that as an affirmation from our <laughs> point of view um, to call it a gift. But we hope that you found something in it that you might consider a gift and found something in all of our chitter-chatter that will be helpful to you in your own recovery Thank you, Reverend Michelle, once again for our discussion. And thank you to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. Listeners, if you'd like, you can always connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, and please leave us comments with your thoughts and feedback. We invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, 
We'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.